It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, this is uh, Jay Horowitz uh, for the latest edition of Mets Amazing Alumni Podcast. My special guest this week is Todd Zeal. Todd, let me ask you this. played uh, 16 years in the majors with 11 different teams. Everybody knew, the fans knew what your routine was, BP, infield practice. Tell me what your routine is now. For the last couple of years, you've been the lead out, studio analyst for SNY. They think you, you see with Gary Apple, you just pop on a minute before, but that's not the case, right? There's a lot of preparation involved with that too. Yeah, that's a good question, Jay. I mean, um, I think I spend about eight hours a day um, at the studio at SNY, and it usually starts with a for a seven. Let's say there's a seven ten game at City Field. Um, we usually start our production meeting around 3.30, and um, that's to really kind of see what's going on. Uh, there's always new news of the day, as you well know, um, and injury reports and, um, you know, updates on other things around the league. So we try to compile all that with our producers and figure out the most interesting topics to discuss that particular night, and um, and then we go into sort of this pre-production mode of, um, for me particularly, I'll usually try to do one breakdown or maybe two um, in a show, meaning uh, focus in on one aspect of the game, one player, whether it be offensively or uh, on the mound or defensively. And so to try to make it more instructional for um, the audience, I I like to spend time um, and compile video that I can make my point um, not just with my words, but with the video to back it up. So that usually takes us right up until, you know, 5.30 or so with the, uh, with the editing room and getting all that stuff prepared for showtime. And then, uh, you know, like uh, what I never thought I'd ever hear myself say is I get dressed, put my makeup on and uh, go to the set. I know you, this year there's not a problem because all the games are on the Eastern time zone, but the last year, last year or so, how was it? You know, we have a night game in San Francisco, an extra inning game, and you got, you got to be there at the end of the game, so it really could turn into a long day for you, huh? Yeah, it can. I mean, that was one of the things that I had not really experienced. I, I mean, I had started doing some pre- and post-game um, you know, over the last couple of years, last year was the the first year that I took on a, an entirely full schedule, did about 110 games. Um, so previously, I had heard some stories about some of the late West Coast games, but hadn't experienced one myself. Um, last year, uh, there just happened to be a plethora of uh, of those and, and San Francisco being most notable, uh, a couple of long extra inning games, four hour or four and a half hour plus games. I think one was over five hours and it started, you know, at seven o'clock on the West coast. Um, so I can remember um, heading back to my apartment after uh, the post game show at about 4 AM um, one particular night and a, a number of other times around 2 AM. But um, you know what? It's part of uh, it's part of the business. We have 
the job to do and deliver that post game to those folks that decide to stay up or, or record us for the next morning. And, um, you know, I, I guess the good news is on that, I go in a little bit later. Um, so it's the same type of day. It's just uh, shifted. Todd, how was it? You know, you were part of the Mets and well, a big part of the World Series team 20 years ago. How is it slipping sometimes to say we? Do you find yourself doing that a lot or you try to cut down or not? Uh, it's funny that you say that because um, that was definitely an issue uh, early on in my in my tenure. Um, and I I had to be um, told a couple of different times, hey, hey, watch the we. I get it. You uh, you're pulling for the Mets, but um, we have to be an objective network here. And the reality is inside, Jay, I think, you know, though I played with 11 teams, I had experiences all over baseball. The Mets experience was one that is unique and had a number of moments be the World Series and then 9-11 following and then the end of my career and the way it went out. So there is a special place in my heart for the Mets and I do root for them. I've tried to be a little bit better about, uh, you know, that, that we and I certainly have to maintain some objectivity because not everything that I say is going to be rosy and sometimes I have to be critical, but I, I try to at least um, remember, because it's easy to remember, how hard this game really is and how difficult it is to perform day in and day out on this stage. So um, I try to make sure I always keep that perspective if I'm analyzing or objectively criticizing any players uh, from any team. So let's talk about, go back 20 years, the 2000 team win the Lanch League Championship, uh, win 94 games, um, a, a great post, a, a playoff uh, you know, against the Cardinals, you know, and, and, and the Giants. Uh, you had a great, you know, we hit 400 against the Cardinals, 368 against the Cardinals, um, 400 in the World Series. Do you feel like the team, you know, we lost to the Yankees in, 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 in four games by total five run. Do you, you think that team is kind of an overlooked in history because we didn't win the World Series that year? Uh, that's a good question, Jay, because I, I do – I do think that um, if you ask the Yankees and the guys on that team and Joe Torre, um, they would say that we were not overlooked. They thought we were their um, toughest competition. We were the team that they thought matched up best against them. Um, I can remember sitting and watching the last American League Championship Series game um, after we had already clinched uh, our berth to the World Series. and rooting for the Yankees, which was an unusual thing for us. But as a team, collectively, we wanted the Yankees because we, we knew how, um, I guess, monumental in some ways it would be, how memorable that series could be. And we, we had a, a fair amount of confidence going up against that Yankee team. So um, I think we, we have respect, certainly within the game. I think there's a matter of disappointment to Mets fans because that was a that was an opportunity for us to sort of unseat the uh, the mighty Yankees who were in the midst of another sort of dynasty run. Um, but I, I think looking back on it now, I, I, I do hear a lot of people when we talk about that Mets team that acknowledge, um, you know, how good a team that was and how good we w were one through 25. It was never um, right, right, you know, just Mike or, or the guys – that were the superstar guys, there was contributions um, from everybody on that roster. Ted, you were involved in one of the key plays in the game one in Yankee Stadium. 
you hit a ball in the left field. A lot of people thought it was going to be a home run, and unfortunately it wasn't. And Timo got caught at third base, got thrown out at home plate. We wind up losing the game next inning. That was probably one of the key plays in the World Series, wouldn't you think of it? Turned out a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jay, you know, why do you have to rub that in? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, obviously, hey, could we go back in time and maybe look on the instant replay and have that judged? It might have it snuck out over the top of that pad. But, um, yeah, it, is, it was a key play. I mean, looking back on it, I recognize that everything in baseball, even when it seems like it's in slow motion and you can watch it over and over again, develops so quickly that you have an instant to really kind of recognize what's going on and react to it. And when I hit that ball, I thought it was a home run. Uh, Timo Perez uh, on first base and running on contact thought that was a home run as well. And so he gave it a little bit of, he put on the brakes a little bit going around second base, um, thinking that ball was going to end up in the seats. And I think was a little surprised when it did come back that it still wasn't a home run. And then um, he tried to turn on the Jets. He was one of our best runners. And, uh, you know, the the real um, sort of, you know, crux of that play that goes down that kind of doesn't get talked about because Timo is the one that gets talked about not running. Um, but the transfer from Justice to Jeter to Posada um, was uncanny as well and went absolutely perfectly. And uh, for them to be able to cut down Timo uh, was a feat within itself. So I think it had a big impact on maybe game one. But how do you look at the laws of false probabilities and say, anything would have changed who knows but it's 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 fun to think about and there's a lot of Mets fans around this city when I uh when I'm out or when I am um among them that uh remind me of uh of that play and that uh, you know they wish Timo would run a little bit harder so let's talk about you 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 leave the Mets for a year come back in 2004 and really the last months of the uh of that season team wasn't a very good team but there's a lot of great things happen to you personally you you know, you, you come back and catch again after you know, your, your, your normal, your first position we came up to major league. You hit a home run and you lasted bat. It amazed when a few players to do that. And it, I know you talked about this before. You were able to cast, catch Johnny Franco's last pitch as a Met. And it was, a, I'm, I'm, those are pretty good memories for you too, right, Todd? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, kind of what I was alluding to when I said, you know, I had a long career with a lot of different teams and, you know, had I been a guy that was able to stay with one team my entire career, my career numbers would have, um, you know, looked really good in the in the history of um, one particular organization. Having uh, having then spread out over eleven teams, um, it was hard for me to find an identity and a real home with any particular team. So um, the fact that I had the World Series and then nine eleven here in New York that really sort of um, really embraced me with the city. Uh, and then to end that way, as you're talking about, uh, I think was the, the exclamation point. And um, yeah, I, I asked Art Howe for the opportunity to catch and go out the way I came in. He said he was, uh, he was okay with it as long as um, our starting pitcher um, was okay with it. And that was Tom Glavin. Uh, Glavin and I have been old friends. I started to catch him in the bullpen the week before. And uh uh, you know, it was it was a blast. I had a great time catching him on his way to a win. But and, and as you said, I, I hit the home run and that was an amazing moment. That was sort of like 
um, hey, going out with with a bang and kind of, you know, the the exclamation point again to say, yeah, you made the right decision to, to end right now. But um, the capper really was Johnny Franco. Johnny and I were good friends. Um, he'd had such an amazing career. I battled against him for years before I became a teammate of his. Uh, one of my favorite guys in all of baseball. And um, I got the opportunity when he came in uh, to not only catch his final um, his final pitch as a Met, but his final out was a pop-up behind home plate, ironically, uh, that I got to catch and then turn around with a big smile on my face and hand him the baseball as we walked off together. So that moment still brings chills um, to me uh, as one of the sort of the, the best things that I ever had a chance to do in this game. Hey, Todd, when I was preparing for the podcast, you know, I looked at your numbers and I mean, you really had great numbers, over 2,000 hits, over 250 home runs, over 1,000 RBIs. I mean, like you said, maybe because you moved around so much, people couldn't appreciate what you did. Let me just talk about, you know, you talked about 9-11 a couple of times. You know, I've been with the Mets 40 years. I was fortunate enough to be here with the 86 championship. But for me, if people ask me what was my greatest memory is what, what the team did after the attacks of 9-11, you were one of the leaders of that team, and we, everybody from ownership to Bobby V to you to Robin to Mike to you know Vance Wilson, Joe McEwing, we really had the perfect team of kind of embraced the city, and we did a lot of good. And it's something I'm really always be thankful for me personally to be a part of that team. Well, what are your memories about the team and how we would approach that time? Yeah, I actually um, absolutely agree with everything you said. That was something that was shocking living in the city when it happened. Um, and obviously we were in Pittsburgh at the time. I've often talked about the the bus ride back from Pittsburgh with, you know, 25 guys that were, you know, hey, we're tough men, uh, athletes. And uh, we come back across that bridge um, at two o'clock in the morning and, and stopped on the GW bridge and looked down town and where the towers used to be. And there was just smoke and lights and the smell of, um, you know, sort of uh, electrical fire. And I can remember that it was the, the quietest moment I'd ever experienced on a bus. And then the only sounds I think you could really hear were the sounds of the guys' emotions, um, you know, at that particular point. Obviously, we had some guys that were connected, um, like Johnny Franco, to this city from his birth and to his family. So um, it was a really... Um, emotional moment. And then that led to, I think, a lot of guys wanting to find a way uh, to contribute. And, um, you know, I, I want to say that the first time that I had an opportunity to go to Ground Zero and visit the firefighters, um, I went with Bobby V, Mike, Robin, Al, and, uh, and Johnny Franco. Um, and when we went down, I felt like, are we, are we being invasive? Who, who cares about um, a baseball player when you're looking for your lost comrades and, um, you know, in that kind of a, a relief effort. Um, but when we got there immediately, um, the firefighters and first responders uh, that were there still looking through um, the, uh, the rubble and trying to find, you know, some, make some sense of what's going on. You could see their faces light up just with the, the sight of, somebody like Mike or the, the Mets hat. And it, for a moment, took them away from um, everything that was going on. And that made us feel like uh, we had some 
connectivity to it. And I think that was where it grew from. And I've told this many times, but um, I had an opportunity to exchange my hat with a, uh, a firefighter on that day um, and, and vowed that I, I would wear that hat, um, you know, in, in the game. Um, he, he would wear mine and I would wear his and we would kind of have that bond um, for the remainder of that season. And, and that's how the, the hat thing got started. And, and that was something that we, we just did as a team that we felt an added connectivity and a responsibility um, to those guys that were protecting us. And it was some pressure from uh, powers to be to not to let us do that. But I was really proud that we stood firm and to a man. You know, I remember getting a letter from uh, the widow. Uh, her husband was a court officer. I think they lost four people. And she was so happy to see one of the guys wearing a hat from the court officers. You know, I mean, so we, we stood firm and we, we really worked the rest of the season. And I was one of the things I was proud of, right? We taught the way we approached that thing. Yeah, I think it was um, it was collective. It was a team effort. I think um, because I was the player rep and because it involved Major League Baseball and the memo that was sent uh, saying that it was not a part of our uniforms, I was the one that was quoted, but the sentiment was collective. And I just said that if they think we're not going to wear these, then they can come and take them off our heads and try to take them off our heads. And, you know, that made a bit of a headline, but that's the way the guys felt. They, there was no reason that we felt like we needed to abide by the protocol of, uh, you know, Major League Baseball uniform standard at that point when we were paying tribute to people that had fallen and were still searching for, um, you know, friends and family and, and first responders in, in that rubble. Well, hey, Todd, I appreciate your time. And hopefully I, I watch your broadcast every night. Hopefully in the not too distant future, maybe I'll get a chance to see you in person, you know, to be safe for your family and everybody in it. And again, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, I appreciate it. And I hope to look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, my pleasure, Jay. Anytime. You know that. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.